Hi, everybody. This is Love Him, Love Them with Linda Gunner, where we give hope, touch lives, and change hearts. John 8, 36. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, yes, it is. Nope, it's 2 Corinthians three seventeen. Are y'all flipping your Bibles? Hey, look at my shirt. If you're listening on a place that you can watch, I love my shirt. This is from Cato. Cato has all these amazing, this amazing T-shirt line out. This one says, what does it say, Teresa, on the bottom? Jesus, Jesus saved Southern Rays. So if you're from up north, I don't know, maybe they have them up there, Northern raised. They have Cato's all over the United States. Cato always provides my wardrobe, and I just want to give a shout out to them, and I love them. Okay, so now that you've flipped back from the Bible, listen, don't leave, because tonight, let me just tell you what tonight is about. What if you broke the rat race of torment and fear and freedom? Huh? 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Somebody called me last week and said, Linda, how come I have to keep, (laughs) I just feel like I have to keep on being delivered from the same thing over the time. Why don't I have any freedom? Why don't I have any freedom? I'm going to tell y'all why y'all don't have no freedom. But what if you could break free from the cycle of sin? (laughs) What if you could, we have a, um, Michael, what is that thing that Doug always says? Gerbils for Jesus. You know, the little uh, wheel that the gerbils go on? He says, we just need to call ourselves gerbils for Jesus because so many of us just keep going around and around and around on the same thing and the same thing, the same thing. Oh, I just felt my little brand new charm. Can you guys see this beautiful jewelry that we have from Beauty for Ashes? It's our Love Him, Love Them jewelry. Our ladies in Haiti, we have 187 women that are employed in our beauties for beauty for ashes jewelry line. And we have just added these charms to our bracelets that are love him, love them go on our website and make sure you get one. It's the perfect Christmas present. And plus you're helping our ministry. What if you could break free? It is time to break the bondage. Why are there so many believers with no peace, no joy, no clarity and believers that are struggling with mental torment? What is that about? Huh? I mean, there's there's so much argument right now about um, so much in the news about mental health, mental health, mental health, mental health, mental health. Why are why is there no difference between believers and non-believers? What is the deal with that? You know, there's so much argument right now about whether or not a demon can possess or oppress w- w- the different words and the verbiage of uh, an, or affect a believer. I want to talk about that tonight. I want to talk about why are we not... Li- John 10.10 10 says, everybody knows that verse. I have come to give you what? Abundant life. If you're if you're listening in a place right now where you can chat or you can make a comment, I want you to put down there, are you a believer that's living an abundant life? Look, I have this, I, just to remind me of what a VIP I am in Christ. Can y'all see this? So I've got a VIP bracelet on. It's uh, My kids always leave these little bracelets on, and I decided this one was pretty uh, sturdy. I had it on from Saturday night where I got to take one of our uh, kids that came here from the orphanage in Haiti, and they were honored at this huge event. And just because I was with her, I got to have the VIP bracelet on and sit at the VIP table. Why are we not living like we are VIPs? Somebody died for us. Somebody paid the price for every sin that we have committed, that we're thinking about committing, or that we're going to commit. I mean, that is a deal, unbelievable deal. 
John 10, 10, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. If you're not, if you're having an abundant life or you're having a full life, I want you to put something in, in the comments. How does the enemy fight us? The other part of that verse is, but our enemy has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. You know, if you ask the average believer or anyone who professes to be a Christian, hey, how's it going? I, I just had this happen today at the nail shop. I went to get my nails done this morning and somebody walked in. I wasn't 100% sure where I knew her from until she started talking. And then I realized she had, had been at a women's event that I was speaking at. And as soon as I said, hey, it was not, and it was, this was at uh, 9.20 this morning, okay? 9.20 a.m., right? Most people haven't been up too long. And I was like, hey, how are you? And she's, which my, my response to when people say, how are you? I, I always say I'm amazing. Whether I'm amazing, whether my life is falling apart, it doesn't matter what I, my answer is always I'm amazing. So I said, she, cause she asked me first, how are you? I said, I'm amazing. I said, how are you? Oh my gosh, today has been it's been a really bad day. I mean, it's just been really, really bad. I'm looking at her. She's sitting in a pedicure chair with her feet soaking. And I'm thinking, how bad can it be? It's 920 in the morning. You look like you're having a pretty good day to me, right? Most Christians, when you say, how's it going? How are you doing? You get the the worst things that are happening in their life. And they tell you that they're just barely struggling by. There's no joy. There's no clarity. There's no freedom. There's a plenty of spirit of heaviness. Why and how does the enemy fight the believer? I'm going to share just a couple of ways that our enemy fights us. Accusation. <laughs> Temptation. You, if, if, I, if I hit on yours, you can, you can uh, check, check or comment below and say, that's mine. Distraction. That's mine. Depression. Discouragement. Let's talk about a couple of those for a second. See how, because what if, what if you never had to deal with temptation again? What if you never had to deal with distraction again? What if you knew how to be set completely free from all of this torment? Accusation. You ever had a day where a thought hits you about something? Anything. Usually something you did in the past. Could have been in the past five minutes. Something that causes you shame or something that causes your stomach to start ringing. Have you ever had that, have you ever had that feeling? I've had that feeling a couple of times with some situations that we've been in where it's usually when the police are called or uh, something to do with the getting pulled over. And all of a sudden, I don't know why that authoritative figure just freaks me out, but it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to jail or one of my kids is going to jail or somebody's in trouble. And and that have you all ever had that that feeling inside of your stomach? It just starts. Oh, it's like a worm just going inside of you. You know, when demons attack us as believers, they use their mouths to tell us lies. Yep. And they continue to lie to us. And they make people battle guilt over something in their past or a way they lived in their past. You know, my husband told a story this past Sunday night. At uh, We have a home group that meets at our house every Sunday night. It's like the core group of Love Him, Love Them 
the people that are getting ready to do our Thanksgiving meal. We're feeding 5,000 homeless, hopeless people, homebound people in the state of Georgia. I just, uh, right before this episode, I got another text that three more counties out of the 159 counties in the state of Georgia are joining us. Um, this, that same group of people are the people that deal with our night of hope every Christmas where we uh, provide Christmas for children who have a parent incarcerated. And that same group of people uh, that my husband leads on Sunday nights are the ones who are the core of how we care for thousands of orphans in the country of Haiti. If you want to join in on any of those, either here in the United States or in Haiti, just go to our website and uh, lovehimlovethem.org. We'd love to have you come in. And this past Sunday at that home group, my husband shared how the day before he had just come home from leading a Bible, or not leading, but being a part of a Bible study on Saturday morning with a bunch of guys and was really on a high. And all of a sudden he said, these thoughts just started hitting him. These accusatory thoughts of things that had happened in the past. And he said he really couldn't shake it. And he said he had to just stop and literally have a conversation with the Holy Spirit because demonic forces are very good at accusing. Even though you're a believer, even though you think that whatever the Bible says about forgiveness, they, they can make that think they can make you think that's not for you. <laughs> right? Forgiveness is not for you. It's for everybody else. Maybe you need deliverance, uh, not deliverance from a demon, but you need to break free from what's going on in your mind. And that's what David explained to us on Sunday night. He had just experienced it the day before. He said, you know, I, I just had to literally stop, have a conversation with the Holy Spirit and tell him that I needed him to come in and, and wash this out of these accusatory thoughts. You know, it's, it's no good to carry the weight of your past. <laughs> when Jesus died on the cross, he died to take away not only the sin, but also the shame. And I learned Sunday night when we were talking about this at our home group, there's a lot of people that deal with shame. There's a lot of people that they've done something in their past or something has happened to them and they carry that. You know, I was just at dinner with Teresa tonight and we were talking about someone that Something happened to them in their childhood, and that person has continued to carry that with them. It has affected them. It has molded them, and they've never been able to break free from it. They are still carrying that weight. So uh, let's talk about one more thing, that the, the, one more way the enemy fights us is through temptation. Have you ever thought of a demon as a salesperson for sin? <laughs> That's right. That was funny. Come with me, people. Have you ever thought a demon is really a salesperson for sin, right? Think about it. Great salespeople, they sell, they, my husband always talk about, you got to tell them about the features and the benefits. You got to share about the features and the benefits. You got to show them the features and the benefits of the products. That is exactly what demons do to believers. Look, watch, smell, taste the immediate pleasure that you will receive from this fabulous sin. You just can't turn it down. But they don't want to share with you any of the consequences, right? You know, my husband um, does, he's an independent rep for some for a bunch of different uh, kitchen and bath things, which Dyson is one of, well, I probably should not have just said that. But anyways, 
Dyson is one of the things that he does. And on one of the products that they have, he doesn't rep them, but it's their blow dryer. And their blow dryer, so it's like a $9 million blow dryer, which I would never have if they didn't provide it to him. But they had provided him one for his showroom. And I'm probably going to get him fired for saying this. But anyways, so he let me use it. So I got to use that blow dryer. And we had, or maybe he bought that particular one. I guess he bought it because that's why we had the receipt on it. But do you know it has a two-year warranty? And do you know that... um, Two years and one day after we had the the uh, the the sales date of the blow dryer that it stopped working, right? So that the salesman, the demon salesman for sin, they're not going to tell you about the consequences that 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 warranty when that runs out, it doesn't work anymore because they don't want to share any of the consequences of the sin. They just want to share the pleasure. They love to tempt. They love to share with you how fun things are going to be. Demonic, they can't get inside of you. They can't possess you. That is if you're a spirit-filled Christian. But they can stand right there, just like anyone else, and they can talk, talk, talk. (laughs) They can talk and talk and talk to you, and they can give you thoughts Thoughts and more thoughts. Have you ever been uh, at lunch with somebody that just won't shut up? They just won't shut up. Demons cannot get into our minds, but they can continuously throw thoughts at our minds. And as they throw those thoughts at us, we need to 1 Corinthians 10, 8, the thought. And we need to throw it right back at them. Right. Second Corinthians 10, five, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Woo, we just had a long conversation about this at our uh, mine and our children's Bible study. I don't know what to call it Bible study. And we take 10 minutes every morning from seven to seven, 10. If you're not if you aren't doing that with your kids, I, I had a first set of five children, which is why we started our ministry. And I always got up in the morning and did Bible study with them until they were old enough to do it on their own. <clears throat> Pardon me. And then I got another set of what's five and 12, seven, seven more kids. And I stopped doing that for a while. And I started seeing the repercussions of that. So this past school year, I started that back. I highly recommend moms, if you can take just five to 10 minutes in the morning and talk about something about Jesus and the Bible with your children, it doesn't have to be a format. It can be whatever it is they're dealing with. But boy, we talked about this this week about, um, I think it was yesterday morning about how do you know how to do the right thing? And what does it mean to take a thought captive? And if you don't know how to take a thought captive, your life finna be in a hot mess. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that because what we just said, demons are great salesmen for sin. And the way they sell is they talk, 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 and they get those thought, thought, thoughts in your mind. And if you don't know how to take them captive, the next thing you know, everything starts in the mind, right? That's where the battle is. The thought comes in. Uh, we I used the example from Orlando about um, who's 12. And I said, how does a bank robber get into the bank to rob the bank. He has to have the thought first. It all starts with a thought. So we have the, God's told us we have the ability to take those thoughts captive. Temptation is not an event. It's a process. I mean, so nobody runs down the street and runs into the bank and robs it without thinking through it and coming up with the process. Why do we fall into sin? 
Why do we fall into sin on the weekend? It's because of what we do all week. All week long, what are we doing? Scrolling through social media. I get so sick and tired of I. Somebody was saying, to, oh, just this past week, the guy in charge of our social media said, I'm not really going to post anymore on Sundays because Sundays is when families are together and it's family time and families eat together and they spend time together. And I just shot back at him and I said, you know what, DJ, every time I see families together, they're all on their phones. They're all scrolling on their phones. They're sitting at tables in restaurants and every single one of them is on their phones. I said, so don't quit posting on Sundays because they need to see the truth. But all week long, we're scrolling through social media. We're watching what we shouldn't be watching. I mean, even on net networks on television that say they're Christian networks, even movies that I hear Christians ranting and raving about that are taking the Lord's name in vain, that are uh, showing not anything but Christian principles. What are we watching? What do we think it's okay to come in through our eye gates and our ear gates we're not changing the channel when a commercial comes on that shouldn't be on. What our our minds are on things that we don't need to see. And it, you know, we just we just did an episode recently about we gotta have ears to hear and eyes to see. A lot of our eyes and our ears are numb. They're just desensitized. You know, I, I feel like sometimes I'm becoming desensitized to the guns and the gangs and the killings and the beheadings that are happening in the country of Haiti, where we are trying to keep our children safe and we have to have armed guards around every now. I mean, after you hear it so many times, I think you're it, it becomes you become numb to it. And I think that's that's a trick of Satan. He wants us to be desensitized by all of the things that we watch and all of the things that we hear. Because then when we fall into sin, giving into that temptation again and again, that causes us to fall into sin. But it's a process. You know, we wouldn't go and do that initially. But once we've become desensitized to it, it it's very easy to fall into that temptation. Another way that our enemy fights us is through distraction. And this is I am the most distracted person I know. I mean, you talk about chasing a squirrel. Oh, my goodness. And you can probably tell from listening to me, right? It's very difficult for me to stay on topic. Anything, and the sa- it's the same way with my prayer time. It's the same way with my devotional time. I mean, you know the verse in the Bible that says, go into your closet, shut the door. I, I mean, I really have to do that. I have a, uh, and it is a closet. I have a closet and I literally go in, shut the door. My bird's in there, which is also distracting. But anything that Satan can do to keep you away from your prayer time or your Bible time, I mean, it's unbelievable the, the amount of thoughts that come into my mind. Well, what am I making for supper? Where Did I leave a load of clothes in the laundry? Where Who has to be picked up? Is that my phone going off? I mean, just craziness. And, and Satan is amazing at distracting us, especially if you want to be completely distracted, go sit down and plan to pray for somebody, pray about something or go plan to spend time in the word. Another way that our enemy works against us is depression and discouragement. He doesn't want to make you sad, but the goal is to actually take away your courage. Again, 2 Corinthians 10, 5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Depression and discouragement, the mind is the battlefield, people. 
the thought is the attack. When the enemy throws something at me, the word of God is how I respond. Do you, I mean, do you remember whenever Satan was in the, was it the desert, I guess, the desert with Jesus when he took him out? Every single time. And it was really interesting because they were throwing the word of God to the word of God. I, I find that a lot of people that are not believers know that just because you know the word of God doesn't mean you actually have a relationship with the Lord. But every time Satan said, you know, why don't you turn these stones into bread? Satan was like, well, or not Satan. Jesus answered back and said, because man is not to eat. But he always answered back with the scripture. So when the enemy throws something at us, we need to respond back with scripture. Because what does Ephesians 6 tell us that our sword is? What What is our sword to fight back in the battle? The sword of the spirit. That's the word of God. And I, I come back to this over and over and over again. A lot of our problems as believers and the reason that we have torment and, and mental health issues and depression and discouragement, we wouldn't know how to fight back because we don't know the word of God. We've got to know what this Bible says. We have to be able to fight with the sword of the word. So how that's the only way to fight these battles. It's always been with the word. How did Jesus cast out demons? With a word. You know, sometimes you see, and we went through this ourselves. Uh, if you want to see all the details or read all the details, you can look in Choir of Angels. Uh, that's our latest book that's out. You can get that on our website at lovehimlovethem.org. Talks about miracles, talks about how we learned how to cast out demons because of, and I'm not going to give away all the story, but you can go in there and read that. But, you know, sometimes you hear of people that are spending two days, three days praying to cast out demons. But how did Jesus do it? How did Jesus heal? With a word. Ephesians 6.17 says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. It is the word. You know, there really isn't a special incantation. There isn't a special prayer. There isn't a certain sequence of words that are said at the right time or the right way. It's really simply the word of God, and it's the Holy Spirit working through the word of God. Do you understand that once you are free from a mindset, you are free indeed? Do you get that? I did a podcast this past week, a guy that interviewed me from a church in Dallas, Texas, I can't remember his name, but I remember he looked just like Duck, the Duck Dynasty guy. He's got a long beard, and a, that's who I thought I was on with as soon as I came on. But his whole his whole premise is, and his whole podcast is about how you can break free and how freedom. And the reason is because he suffered from PTSD for 18 years, and he was a non-believer, and someone gave him a Bible, and he started reading the Bible— and he read the verses about what does it mean to be free? And he read the verse that I shared with you in the beginning, 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Well, guess what he wanted? He wanted freedom from the PTSD. He shared with me, he was interviewing me, but I, I kept asking him questions back and forth. And he shared with me, he said, Linda, for 18 years, 
I visited psychiatrists, counselors. I took psychotropic drugs. I took all kinds of medications, and I was never, ever free. He said, once I found out that the true way to freedom was with a relationship with Jesus Christ and that where the, the Holy Spirit was, that's where the freedom came from. He said, one prayer, one prayer to God asking to break that bondage and the PTSD was gone and I've never had another nightmare since. One prayer. So my question to you is, do you think that you can break the rat race of torment? Torment, fear, freedom, torment, fear, freedom, torment, fear, freedom. Do you understand the battle is in the mind? Do you grasp the fact that you have access to a sword, <laughs> the sword of the spirit? Do you realize that you are not your enemy, but you do have an enemy? Do you understand that you are being a sucker to the salesman, those demons, the salesmen of sin? You know when the, those, those salesmen come to your door and you buy something that is no good? They want to continue to show you the features and the benefits of sin, the pleasure that you're going to get. But let me tell you, sin has consequences. We have payment for sin, whether we're a Christian or a non-Christian. The Bible tells us it rains on the just and the unjust. We've got to get to the point that if we are professing to be believers, we, we're leaving. I, I, I used to be in real estate. I never wanted to leave any money on the table. If I was getting the deal, I wanted to get every, every bit of a bang for my buck I could get. And I still want to get that for our ministry. If you're not using the sword of the spirit, the word of God, to break free from the torment, you're leaving money on the table in the deal, my friend. Don't be a believer and not get all the benefits. Don't leave the fact that you have the ability to frisk your thoughts, to Philippians 4.8 your thoughts, and take them captive. And you know what captive means? Captive is when... I explained it to the kids this week. The kidnappers in Haiti, when they kidnapped our ambulance, they took it captive. We didn't know where it was. It was gone, out of sight, out of mind. When they kidnapped uh, Stephanie, who runs our Beauty for Ashes jewelry business, we didn't know where she was. When you take something captive, it's gone. So learn how to take those thoughts captive. God tells us, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we have the ability to take our thoughts captive. And the way I see the Christian community today, just from scrolling through social media, we've got more believers that have been taken captive than we have believers that are taking their thoughts captive. Don't fall to the sale of the demons for sin. Instead, Open up your eyes, have eyes to see and ears to hear and understand we don't have to be gerbils for Jesus. We can break free from those strongholds. It is a guarantee and it is given to us in the word of God. So the next time you feel like you're being accused, the next time you feel like you're being tempted, the next time that you feel that distraction, 
The next time you start to feel those angst of depression, of discouragement, remember, friend, we are in a battle. But our battle is not against ourselves. Our battle is against an enemy that we have already been given the battle plan of how to win, how to be an overcomer. We know the end of the story. So don't leave money on the table. Figure it out. Read the word until you get it, until it soaks in so that when that enemy comes to you with those thoughts and with that talk, talk, talk and that thought, 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 you have the word of God, the sword of the spirit to answer back. Most important thing I can get you to remember tonight is to love him and love them.